we're going to really be exploring that question. What is the actual point of talking about Jesus? Why, why should we be even bothered? And my aim is to kind of launch that to help you understand what's the point of it, but also hopefully capture your heart to say why we should. It's not just a why we could, it's why we need to talk about Jesus in this way. I think, let's answer that question then. What's the point of talking about Jesus? Well, I think there's two fundamental answers to this. Number one, we have a God who absolutely adores us, and there are people who need to know that. We have a God who adores us, has great affection for us. The Bible is full of stories. I love telling stories. I think, actually, if you look at human communication, human communication is all about telling stories. It's about informing one another, communicating, helping persuade reason. All of human communication is about telling stories. Well, the original story starts at the very beginning of the word in Genesis. It says, in the beginning. Kind of think of any great movie you like. One of the movies I think of is Star Wars. And at the beginning it says, in a land far, far away. It starts with that phrase, in the beginning. Bang. So the very beginning of the word, it starts with telling us a story. Helping inform us this story about God. And throughout you read this story, which is the Bible, you see many different themes. One of them is a God who so loves his people that he wants to restore humanity with God. Kind of read that in many different ways, time and time again. And you can read it in the Bible verses. For example, Romans 5, verse 8 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It helps paint this story. Though I was a sinner and enemy, Christ died for me. You see the theme? God loves you. He loves you. Isaiah 54 verse 10, for the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. My covenant, that means my promise of peace, shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. There's a great book, one of my favorite books of the Old Testament, it's a book called Nehemiah. It's a book of this, this kind of prophet leader really more leader who who was called by God to rebuild the walls of the temple and you've got this amazing chapter in chapter 9 where basically they recount the story of God's people and the story goes like this God you promised we failed you forgave and you kept your promise we failed you forgave we you kept your promise we failed you forgave you kept your promise time and time again you read that in Nehemiah it's kind of the last book um, though it's not situationed in that historically it's the last book of the Old Testament before we get Jesus and it's kind of this this chapter full of the story of God's kindness goodness mercy to God's people even when God God's people forsook him. Even when God's people didn't want anything to do with him, God's mercy and grace and love still poured out abundantly on God's people. That is the story of the Bible. God loves you. Here's the thing. 
there's people who don't know that. That's the difference. God loves you, but there's those who don't know that. If you're in this room today and you're asking, what's the point of Christianity? Here's the point. God loves you. Please know it. Please know that God adores you. He loves you even when we were enemies. He loves you. Therefore, what's the point of telling about Jesus? Because people don't know. Someone's got to tell him. Someone's got to do it. It can't just be us at New Day on a mic. Someone's got to do it. It's one reason. Second, it's the interesting one, and this is where I want you to turn to Romans, verse 1, 14 to 17. Here's my second point. We have an obligation to do so. It's what Romans 1, 14 to 17, if you go in the Bible, says. Paul writes, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Obligation is a really interesting word, eh? Obligation kind of means you're responsible. More so, you kind of have to. It's a requirement. Now, doesn't that start to paint this picture that Christianity is a bunch of rules? Yeah, I'm obligated to have to tell people. Am I obligated to have to do things? Well, it does become that if we start changing the meaning of Paul's words into a rule-based mentality. But let, let me try and explain what Paul's trying to get at through a bit of analogy. If you're, you can be in debt to someone if you lend them money. So, so for example, Catherine has given me £100. I, I am now in debt to Catherine until I pay it back to her. It's kind of, kind of how it works, right? It's kind of how mortgages work, right? This is a fun one. None of you will be finding this relevant. All the youth is like, yeah, I get this. Like, but that's how borrowing money from the bank works. You borrow some money and you're obligated to pay it back because you borrowed it for them. Now, if someone has given me £100, someone else, to pass on to Catherine... I am obligated to pass it on to her, even though it was not from her. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah? So, if someone else has given me that money, I'm obligated to pass it on to her. And until then, I have a responsibility to do so. Tim Keller uses this analogy, and, and the, the best way of describing this gospel is that we have received the gospel story from Jesus. Because we've received this great gift that is worth more than a hundred pounds, we are obligated, we have a responsibility to pass that on to other people for them to receive this gift that is worth way more than a hundred pounds. There is a responsibility for us to be able to pass the gospel on. 
for all of you that become a Christian, you will know that the gospel is something so precious, so treasured. In fact, in Matthew 13, Jesus used a parable of someone um, describing the kingdom of heaven like someone finding the deepest treasure in a field. And said, you know what, it's worth selling everything I have just so I can own this treasure in this field. That's how precious this gospel is. Paul writes in Philippians, I count everything as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. Now, if that's what God is worth, why would we keep it to ourselves? It's like going to a village and and there being a well of water. And we're the only ones who have found and discovered where that well is. And all the village is thirsty. And for us to go, forget them, I'm just going to drink from this well myself. What love is that? No, no, if I found this deep well of endless water to feed a thirsty village, it's my responsibility to dip my bucket into the well, pull the water out and share it with as many people as I can for many people to never be thirsty again. Guess who we have? We have a well of living water that can replenish the soul and the thirst and hunger of man forever. It is not just the speakers your youth leaders responsibility because if you have become a Christian you have the living well of fresh water in you to share to all those around you that is the beauty of Christ he used 12 sometimes dumb men to change the world how much more could he use more intelligent 12 to 14 year olds to change your schools your landscapes wherever you're at I loved hearing Abigail on, on the stage yesterday night just the fact that she had an opportunity to share the gospel and guess where she, she took it what I loved about that is that she was a youth. So there's two points. One, because we want to show God's love. Two, we've got an obligation. But I hope I'm, only, I'm also sharing. No, no, it's not just there's a point to it. We have to. There's no other way that we can manage in this world. John Piper writes, um, the gospel is good news for our final and full enjoyment of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That this enjoyment had to be purchased for sinners at the cost of Christ's life makes his glory shine all more brightly. The gift is Christ himself as the glorious image seen and savoured with everlasting joy. Beloved family, Don't you want others to get the free gift and joy of Christ? Then tell them. Then tell them. If I remember my own walk as a a Christian, I grew up in a Christian household. But truthfully, the people that invested me most about what my belief was, was not New Day. 
New Day was amazing. It was a great time of kind of intentionally being together. But it was walking with friends as they were grappling with the word that I could then ask them questions. Some of my good friends who have become Christians have not been because I invited them to a big event. It's because in a room at lunchtime, we were talking about Jesus. And though they didn't become a Christian then, those were seeds being planted in to see what happens. This is amazing. What's more amazing is local schools being impacted by young people being released to share the gospel with their friends. So just coming to an end but what I wanted to do if it's okay is just talk a little bit about how because I think this is really helpful talking about what's the point but I just want to slightly talk about how how can you go about it if I was in your shoes one of the questions I'll be asking is I get it but what am I going to do here's some top tips right so number one pray never underestimate the power of prayer what I have in my wallet, in my bag, is I have a little card, um, and on it I have three different names that I pray about regularly. Um, I remember, I can't remember the, the famous speaker, but I remember hearing a story that this famous preacher had a hundred names on their list that he used to carry in their bag. By the end of his life, all of them had come to faith. This can start with you. Which are your close friends? Which are your friends that you go, you know what? Man, I would love it if they were sitting right next to me, belonging to Jesus. Write them down on a journal. Write them down on a bit of paper. Put it in your bag and regularly pray. And I'm not talking about long 10-minute prayers, Father, please intercede. And, you know, just say, Jesus, please meet with them. Sit. The Father knows your heart. So never underestimate the power of prayer and your prayers being listened to and heard. Secondly, don't panic. It's really okay to be nervous. It's perfectly fine. There's a difference between nerves and anxiousness. If you were in the um, uh, Everyday Living uh, seminar two days ago, we talked about this a little bit, where actually nerves is kind of normal. It's okay. But anxiousness is what stops us. Fear is what stops us being able to be beacons of light. Remember, you are powered by the living God's. So there might be a situation, you might be a little bit nervous, and that's okay. Don't panic, breathe, but don't let fear stand in the way. Fear of social constructs, fear of anything like that. It's good to share, to step out in faith. That's what nerves kind of have that help that feeling. You know if you're stepping out in faith, if a bit of nerves is there. Third thing, win the person, not the argument. It's really important that when we're talking about sharing the gospel, what we're not just trying to do is we're not just trying to have a one-up on someone based on their question, based on their conversation. Jesus is in love with people, not in love with the answer to a question. Win the person. Go on a journey with them. And if you don't know, say you don't know, but go for a journey of exploring it with them. One of the best things you can do if you're having a conversation with someone is invite them to your local youth group to meet with other people that might be able to answer some questions. But what you're doing in that, you're winning a person. Because it's people that builds the church, not just good answers. To win the person. 
Last one, just to help. Have good ways to tell the Gospels. There's some great tools out there that can help you do that. There's something called the Four Symbols. Has anyone heard of the Four Symbols? Yeah, kind of, a little bit, yeah. So the symbols is a heart, it's an X, it's a cross, and it's a question mark. Yeah, and basically it helps you tell the gospel in four sentences. God loves me, I have sinned, Jesus died for me, I need to decide to live for him. It's a really helpful way of telling the gospel really simply. There's another technique that I love called the three circles. Um, We don't have time to go through it all. But in a sense, if you can see that there, it's just a way of telling the gospel through images. I'm talking about a world that needs help. The fact that Jesus made it for perfection, but we need God to go to him and be rectified and reconciled with him. Have a Google, go on YouTube, Google the three circles of Christianity. It's a great way of telling the gospel in three minutes. Learn good tools and techniques like that so that you're not going into a situation that you're going, uh, like God loves you, I think, yeah? Like understanding tools and techniques helps you just be able to paint the gospel in a simple way. I, I, I encourage youth leaders to often teach their, teach their youth how to tell the gospel within a minute. Just so then it makes it easy for youth leaders and for young people to know how to paint that picture. Cool. Right, we're going to, it's a Q&A, is it? Cool. Wonderful. Yeah, give them a round of applause. So just as I invite some friends up. Um, If you've been with us this week, you will know that we have a little panel at the end of every seminar so we can ask some questions. Um, So Matt and Rosie are going to come and join me. But I just wanted to kind of pick up on something that Sanjeev said, which is about committing to praying for a friend. And I just wanted to take like 30 seconds. And I want you guys just to close your eyes if that's helpful, just so you don't get distracted. And I want you to just think about somebody who doesn't know Jesus. It could be a friend. It might be somebody in your family. And we're just going to spend just 30 seconds just praying that that person would start a journey to know Jesus for themselves. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you know every single person that has been named in the last 30 seconds. Thank you that as Sanjeev said, you love them. You are in pursuit of them. You want to be in relationship with them. You want to save them from their sins, Lord God. And you want them to be restored as lost sheep to Jesus Christ, the great great shepherd. And so, Lord God, I just pray for each and every person, Lord God, would you begin an incredible journey of faith for each and every one of them, Lord, and that we will have testimony in the years to come, Lord God, of how they came to faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... Um, like I said, we've got a couple of guys up here um, who love telling people about Jesus. And so we wanted to ask them a few questions, a few more kind of how, why, where, when questions um, that you guys might have been thinking about. Um, and like with every opportunity, every seminar that we've done, if you have a question at the end, you are very welcome to ask it. So we'll give you an opportunity. Um, so first of all, I'm just going to ask you guys um, who you are and where you're from, um, and what church or type of church you're a part of at the moment. 
Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Rosie. Um, I'm married to Dave, who's standing at the back. Um, and uh, about two years ago, um, we moved to Romford, which is the very east of London. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> and um, we have planted a church. We are Romford Gospel Plant. Give her a round of applause. Absolute heroes. Dave as well. Hero as well. Uh, my name's Matt. Uh, I am from a place called the Isle of Sheppey uh, on the north coast of Kent. Um, I've been there just over five years. 28th of July, we, we were there for five years. Uh, my wife and my two children and I went and church planted in a similar way. Uh, called it a gospel plant because we didn't go with lots of people. We just went as a family. Uh, it's my hometown, but I'd been away for a long time. We got, went there, got to know it, got meeting people, shared Jesus with people. Now we're gathering with up to 30 people um, from all different walks of life. And um, yeah, that's me. Okay, wonderful. Um, so the first question I have for you is... Um, what if somebody in my class that I want to talk to um, about Jesus or a friend, um, somebody in a sports club, something like that, what if they already have a religion of their own? How can you be respectful, um, but how can you also, yeah, start a conversation? I think it's really important to be educated about what other religions believe. Um, because I think what easily can happen, and actually the stereotype of Christianity in the past is that we're a very kind of naive religion, um, that in a sense, because we believe in Jesus as the Lord and Saviour, everything else just is rubbish naturally, and I think that's really unloving. So I think it's really helpful just understanding what is the core beliefs of other religions and understanding the difference of Christianity. So, for example, Buddhism is about karma, and the fact that actually you have to work to kind of be better. Christianity is about grace. And the difference is, um, I don't need to work to be loved by God. And that just allows, just doors in to be able to talk to other religions and one, have respect and love for other people, but also be able to understand and cement better belief in terms of why you are a Christian. Why do you believe that? And so you're doing it in a way, again, to win the person, not just kind of win the argument, that kind of aspect. So... Be, be mindful, be educated about what other people believe, but understand the difference of why Christianity you believe in and why actually Jesus is so much more beautiful in that kind of way. I, I was just going to add, like, ask questions and listen well. Yeah. Just, you know, just ask them. Yeah. Ask them about their religion. Ask them about their faith. Show that you, you're not just there for, like, Sandy, you excellently said, we're not winning arguments here. We're not, we're just sharing love. Yeah. We're sharing a, the real, like, a real good thing. Um, and listen well. People, I've met all kinds of crazy people with all kinds of different thoughts that have become friends because I listened. Because most people, when it comes to religion, will shut off. Not having that conversation. You're, you're a crazy, crazy. So that's it. Uh, that conversation note. Listen. I guess sort of following on from that then, um, how do you start a conversation about Jesus, Rosie? Um, 
like uh, Sanjeev said earlier, we have used, I've used the uh, three circles visual previously. Um, We've done a little bit of on-the-streets evangelism with that. And um, what I like about that is that it is quick. Um, because with some people, um, they are all about, you know, they're not going to be willing to listen, perhaps, for 30-minute conversations. Some people will be, and praise God, that's incredible. But some people, you may have three minutes, and that's it. And you might be the only person that they are going to come across who knows the Lord and is the only person who knows the truth and is able to share that with them. So I think, yeah, use these tools that we have, and there's so many available now. Um, Yeah, get on YouTube, like uh, Sanjeev recommended. Look at what's available. Talk to your youth leaders. Talk to other people. Um, Yeah, and... Yeah. So if these guys are in um, a classroom and there's 30 people there or they're on a bus and there's 30 people there, how, how can they know who Jesus wants them to talk to? In some ways, this is really easy because the answer is everyone and anyone. Everywhere and anywhere. Literally, whether you're on the bus, whether you're waiting at the bus, whether you're going for the same crisp packet in the canteen. (laughs) And it's just simply asking, getting in a habit of, Jesus, I'm here. What are you wanting to do? I'm really good at deciding what I want to do with my time. I hate shopping. I hate busyness in streets. So I've had to learn to slow down. So before I leave my house, I say a quick prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry that I'm going to want to go from A to Z very quickly today and ignore everyone that I go past. Help me to see who you see. Help me to love who you're loving. Often when you look at Jesus, the people he sees are the ones that people ignore, the ones that aren't seen by people, or even the ones that are most hated by the community. If you are going to start anywhere, start there. We've spoken a little bit about um, how you strike up a conversation, um, but I wonder if there's a bit of kind of um, pre-work that we can do. So um, would anybody like to talk about how it's not just our words that preach the gospel, but also our life? Yeah, um, 1, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, Whether I eat, whether I drink, whatever I do, do all things for the glory of God. And that verse, if I was to get a, a tattoo on me, it would be that verse. And I think the reason why is because uh, eating and drinking are so core of what we do if I'm doing that for the glory of God then everything that is part of what I do is for the glory of God what always interesting is it's kind of the analogy of salmon that, that swim against the current um, Christians and what we, what we believe in, in essence is so countercultural, and it's becoming more and more countercultural that if you do things that actually are, are showing in a loving way, aligned to kind of what God's heart is for and for the glory of God, you're going to stick out. 
And I just want to kind of warn you and encourage you, if you want to live a life for Christ, you're going to be different. There's no two ways about it. Now, that's a warning because that does come with difficult decisions to make, i.e., your friends are going to be making fun of someone and calling it banter. Well, actually, it's bullying. What's the decision that you make in that moment? What's your decision if your friends are saying, you know what, we're going to play this new game on Xbox or PlayStation, and it's full of gore and death, and it's, it's full of stuff that actually is just not right, but yet it's the trend that is culturally going on. What decision do you make in there? What decision you make if your friends download the next social media app to say, you know, we're going to go through this trend, or for um, different people, what you wear, those kind of things. If you're, winning a Christian, if you're living a Christian life, you're going to stand out. But the decision that you make is for the glory of God. So the decision I make to live is not so that I can look different. It's so I can do things for the glory of God. And as I do things for the glory of God, he opens up doors of opportunity. So my heart is not so that I can seek and save the lost. That is a bonus of living for the glory of God. Because naturally when I'm different, people will ask questions and that's the opportunity in. So everything we do, we need to role model what we believe because in essence, it's not about looking good to talk good. It's about relationship for the glory of God. And on the outpouring of that, then conversations will often happen. Um, So Matt then, how can you be be friends with somebody that um, lives differently and disagrees with you um, and still glory God um, and how is is it more important to be to kind of live a, a kind life or a right life by Jesus one of the best things about moving from a big church full of loads of Christian friends back home is that the majority of my friends that I now see on a daily basis are those who don't know Jesus The hardest thing about church planting is that the majority of my friends that I see on a daily basis are not Christians yet. And it's this weird thing that the Bible says, to be in the world, but not of the world. It's, we are very aware, aren't we, of how the world is operating. If you think this, I think this, if you think opposite, you are now my enemy. Yeah? That we've seen that, you've probably seen that in your classes. That person once did that, now we all dislike that person. On social media, someone said something that everyone else doesn't like, that's gone against the culture, we're now going to cancel them. Friends, we have a God that does not cancel people, cancels a debt of sin. That's what he's into cancelling. And so therefore... We have to work out how we are in the world, yet not of the world. It's okay to be part of a football club. It's okay to go to the cinema. It's okay to like different types of music. Now, I'm sure that some of you, I'm going to use the boring analogy here. Lads, you probably are in the same youth group as other boys that don't like the same football team but yet you're still friends, right? Why? Because you love one another. And that's it. A lot of my friends don't love Jesus, but
but that's okay because I know that Jesus loves them anyway. <laughs> Even if they don't love him, he loves them. Yeah. And I share a commonality, find commonality with your friends. What can you do together to have fun together? Fun is an excellent way of building friendship. Yeah. Why have I loved 12 to 14s? Because it's so much fun. I may stink of tuna and hot sauce, but we've had fun together. And then friendship builds, and then you see past the differences, and then what actually you find is actually that, oh, actually, you know what? We think differently, but we love one another. You can build a lot of things on love. Rosie, could you answer... um, trying to think how to how to word it kind of what encouragement what advice would you give to people who have um have stuck their neck out um and have either lost friends as a result or are persevering in telling others and not seeing any results um i think if you have been obedient to god and he has you know we've heard how sharing the gospel is is what we're called to do um then that's absolutely incredible in the first place and that you should know that God sees that and God honours that and he absolutely delights in your obedience. Um, And also I want to encourage you that you are not solely responsible for seeing your friends, your family brought to the Lord. If you you have stuck your neck out, as Catherine said, and if you have... um, shared the gospel you have played your part um the bible doesn't say it doesn't say in god's word that you know matt has to speak to his friend dave about the lord or that's it that's the only opportunity that is not true um it may be but actually it's up to that person how they respond it is not your responsibility to, I guess, feel the burden of, um, of their decision, whether they do or not. I would say um, don't be discouraged. Continue to pray for them. Continue to um, find your opportunities perhaps where you can share again, where you can get other people who also may know them, who know the Lord, to, uh, to speak with them. Continue to seek out your opportunities. Um, we plant the seed, but um, God is the one that grows that. That is not us. It may be that you at 12 years of age share the gospel with someone but actually they don't come to faith until they're 80 years old but nevertheless you have played your part in that and God rejoices in that if you have shared Jesus with your friend and you've been hurt the amazing thing about Jesus is this he can do two things at once (laughs) for real I, can't, I, I can barely do one thing at once. Jesus can do many things at once. So when Jesus says, look, I love you and I want you to share, share my love with this person, and you do that and you're hurt, guess what? As much as he can love that person, he can still love you as well. Yeah. If you've been hurt by a broken friendship, it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It's mean you've been obedient, you've planted the seed, and then you come back. I love Jesus, how much he withdraws. 
when he walked this earth, constantly trying to find a quiet few minutes. If you've been hurt, go straight to the healer. Go straight to him. (laughs) Lord, nurse my wounds, please, because that one really, really stung. And it's painful. I've got a friend that I started doing, non-Christian, during lockdown. He bought himself a study Bible, spent 50 quid on the study Bible. During lockdown, we were doing Bible studies on Zoom. Incredible. After lockdown, nothing. Oh, Lord, what have I done wrong? I've let him down. I should have, I should have you know, carried on, should have carried on. Should have forced the issue, forced the issue. I went straight to Jesus, right, help me get perspective here. Thank you, you're not finished. The other day, I went round to drop a present for his son. And he was like, oh, Matt, some dude, I've, I, just know, uh, I just met a new guy at work. Uh, he's a Christian, he became a Christian during uh, COVID. I was like, all right, yeah. He was asking me about 1 Corinthians. And I was like, oh, you should talk to my friend Matt about that. He knows that stuff. I was like, oh yeah, you know, pass my number. Then he said this. And then I thought, we should probably dust off my Bible and start looking at it again. What I thought was dead just wasn't God's timing yet. Don't get mixed up with God's timing and ours. Be encouraged. Just because it looks dead in the water doesn't mean it is. Wonderful. Um, so just before um, I'm going to hand back to Sanjeev, he's, there's um, some prayer points that he wants to lead us in. Are there any other questions that anybody would like to ask? Just raise your hand in the air. If not, if we've covered everything. Was, was that like a Mexican wave or is that a, a, a sort of Mexican wave at the back? Wonderful. Okay, so um, can we give our panel a round of applause? You I think the key thing here through all of this, your part to play, I love Rose's analogy about the watering. Your part to play is to sow the seeds and allow God to do what he wants with it. And right now, I just want to give space to plant seeds for him to do what he wants with it. So where you're at, if you want to just close your eyes right now. This is all about your relationship with God, your intimacy with him. I believe Ephesians talks about different types of gifts. One of them is evangelists. Another one is preachers, those who are able to share the word. Might have heard as well from Rosie and Matt about church planting. What on earth is that? I'm 12, I'm 13, I'm 14. How on earth am I going to do that? You can start a Christian union in in your school. It might not be a church, but it's something. Why? Because the gospel is getting your heart. So while your eyes are shut, Jesus, just come right now, Holy Spirit. Right now, prod where you need to prod. Comb where you need to comb, Holy Spirit. Stepping out for Jesus takes a bold step. So I'm going to be asking you to take a bold step. If you feel just the call of sharing the gospel of an evangelist, even if right now you're like, this terrifies me, but I want to do something. Guess what that is? That's a call. 
if you get a call for wanting to share the gospel or a call of doing something, I want you to stand now. If you feel a call on God over you, just to share the gospel, to tell others about Jesus, to start something in your school even, I want you to stand. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Keep your eyes shut. Especially if you're sitting. It's okay, by the way. There's no issue. But this is a really significant... I feel this is a really significant morning in just commissioning some more. Jesus, just come right now. I'm also just giving space, by the way, because I just feel in my heart there is some of us who are just going, I don't know whether I should stand. I feel nervous about this. This, is, this feels like a lot. I just want to encourage you, it might feel like a lot, but I've got someone who's a lot bigger than it. You're just not sure. You're like, oh, no, how do I even go about this? What about my friends? He's worth it. He's worth it. Jesus, just come right now. Great. I'm just going to pray. Youth leaders, if we do our job, Let's just go around, let's pray. Red caps as well. Just really want to just encourage the prophetic right now. Believe that actually we should be just giving good gifts of faith. The Holy Spirit, just come. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, thank you that you are raising up a nation. We've heard it consistently through this week. You are raising people up to send out, to share the gospel. I pray over my beloved family right now here. Father, thank you for their mustard seed of faith. But God, thank you that you're going to create massive, massive, established mustard trees because of what you are going to do. Father, I pray that you would establish oaks of righteousness in these young people here today. Father, I pray even this week, may they have conversations after New Day where they cannot explain or comprehend how they've been able to have these type of conversations. Father, I pray that you'd raise up preachers for the preacher. Father, I pray that you'd release their tongues so that they can speak and preach God's word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would instigate passionate desire for change for the kingdom of God to spread out I pray that this time next year we would hear about established Christian unions in schools where people have gathered to share the gospel I pray that we would hear of young people wanting to go to church plants to be able to help out I pray that we would hear young people wanting to establish youth groups to be able to create space social groups whatever it might be I pray over these young men and women here that are standing that God you would use them for the advancing of the kingdom God the best people to spread the gospel in local communities is not us but it's them so Holy Spirit you promised if we asked you would give you promise that you will be with us. You promise that you would equip us. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would honor your promise. And right now you would equip the saints for the kingdom of God. Come Holy Spirit right now. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Just for the sense before we release others as well. Um, 
just to kind of pray in particular about something, Catherine asked a really great question, which was, what if I've been hurt from sharing the gospel? And I just feel in my gut that actually there's some of us who are nervous, not because we're worried about what will happen, but we're worried about what has already happened. And I just want to give just an opportunity um, for those that actually are in that place. I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit does work in that way. Matt had a great phrase, God can do two separate things. And I believe right now is a moment to just feel God's love, God's kindness in that. Kind of the aloe vera of God's love over a burn that you might have had before. That kind of soothing presence. I think it's really important that for some of us that have been burnt by friends before, today is the day to cover and get that burnt healed. So if that's you, I'm going to pray, but I would love for you to stay just so then we can pray over you and some red caps can kind of walk around and maybe lay hands and pray just for that specific kind of spiritual healing that's needed. Holy Spirit, I lift up my brothers and sisters that might have been burnt by sharing the gospel in the past, that are now nervous because they don't know what to do with it. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would pour your healing power God, I pray uh, you are the God of the past. And so, God, I pray that you would reach into the past and that moment that they were hurt and burnt by someone when they were trying to share the gospel right now, Father, heal that memory, heal the past, and, Father, may you equip your saints to be able to share for the future. God, may there be no stronghold, no barrier, no fear that will stop your beloved children from sharing the good news of Christ. So if there's anyone that is needing healing, I speak to you, burn. I speak to you, memory, and I say the name of Jesus, go. And Holy Spirit, come and bring healing where healing is needed. In your holy name, amen. just really love to pray for anybody who just feels timid and that might be all of us at some point but if you ever feel just a little bit shy if you like do you want to just raise your hand and be brave even just sort of saying actually I'm going to raise my hand because sometimes I find sharing the gospel I feel a bit frightened and that's okay and I'd just love to pray for you as well so just receive from Jesus in whatever way that is but I often close my eyes and open my hands because then I just don't get distracted by your lovely faces and I can just think about Jesus Lord I just want to thank you for your abundant grace I want to thank you that we don't earn your love Lord God but it is a free gift I want to thank you that we know you and are friends with you and have been saved by you because you reached down and you chose us and you set us apart and you forgave us and you made everything right between us and God. I thank you that it's all from you, Lord God. I thank you that I haven't done anything to win your love and therefore I can't do anything to lose it. Lord God, I thank you that my timidity and my fear, Lord, don't make you love me any less, Lord God. And I thank you that that is true for every single one, every single person, every single precious child of God that is sat here today. Lord God, but I thank you that even in being in this seminar, Lord God, there's something in them that says, I think it would be a good idea. 
I think I want to do this, Lord God. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come on each one of us and would you give us the boldness? Lord God, I thank you that in your word it says you haven't given us a spirit of fear but one of power, love, and self-control of sound mind, Lord God. I thank you that when the spirit of the living God falls upon us, Lord, we are bold. We are bold like Peter in Acts. We, are, we can do things that are our supernatural. We can go against our natural personalities and go, flip, where did that come from? We can be bold. We can say things. We can answer things. We can speak to people who would otherwise intimidate us. God, I pray, would you set each one of us apart, Lord God, to be able to talk in a way that comes from the power of God, that we'll be so convicted and so assured by the message that you have given us, Lord God, by this living water, Sanjeev said, that we just can't help but tell others, Lord God. So I pray, just I, I speak against fear now in the name of Jesus. Fear be gone now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And I pray for radical, ridiculous faith in this generation, Lord God. That they will do things that their parents and their peers and the adults above them will just go, what the heck? These young people are stepping out in faith in ways that adults find scary. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you will surprise each one of us, Lord God, with stories of, I don't know where that came from. It must have been God. Lord, I thank you that you use everybody. Lord God, I thank you that there will be people in the lives of these young people, Lord God, that the others don't know. Like, they're friends with people that I will never meet, and therefore you have set them apart. You have given them the responsibility to share something of the love of God with their friends and their family and their neighbours. I just thank you for your abundant grace, Lord God. We just rest in that this morning, Lord Jesus. Amen.